Hey, listeners, our Patreon page is live. We would love for you to support us. You can go to our website, failforwardpod.com. You can donate today. Thank you to our amazing patrons, Mike S. and Megan B. Thank you so much for supporting the show. He passed away how I was mimicking. Like, I mimicked how he passed away. So he drowned having a seizure in a body of water. And so the waves and the eyes moving back and forth and the body vibrating uh, was all signs of, like, how he passed. And then it happened 237 times. Failing. 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 We talk about failure. Some battles you feel like you lost. And survival. Some battles you feel like you win. It's tough. I had to make some tough decisions. We've all faced failure, but what steps do we take to launch ourselves into success? I'm Sarah Brown. There is life. A blessing. Achieve your dream. And then what we do with it. And this is Failing Forward. Well, I am super excited to introduce Devon Blythe. Devon is the owner of The Balance Effect. She is a holistic health practitioner, which we're going to get into right now. Welcome, Devon. Thank you for having me. Oh, my God. Thanks for being here. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I find this topic incredibly interesting. So I want you to tell me what does a holistic practitioner mean? Sorry, wait. Yeah. Did I say it wrong? (laughs) Holistic health practitioner. Yes, yeah, so they're kind of one and the same. Okay. Um, holistic practitioner basically is a practitioner of wellness, okay. and wellness encompasses usually seven dimensions. Okay. So that's physical, social, occupational, we have mental, emotional, we have um, financial, and we have your ability to socialize uh, as a, um, an interpersonal relationships around your occupation, around your family, around your friendships, around anyone and a stranger on the street. So we focus on all of those dimensions and kind of dive deep into where you really want to improve in your life. Okay. I never knew about the financial or the last one that you just mentioned. Yeah. Is that a new, are those two newer? So if you look, if you do a little more research around the dimensions of wellness, you might find five, seven, 10, 15. They okay. kind of expand. I go with a seven dimensional wellness. That's kind of what I've really been trained in and focus on. Okay. Um, so those are the seven that I work with, as well as I encompass spiritual within all of those. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, are you from Cincinnati? I am. Okay, where'd you grow up? I grew up on the west side, actually. Awesome. Um, I went to Chevy Elementary, and then uh, in seventh grade, I went to Walnut Hills High School. So okay. I shifted to the east side. Okay. And I kind of knew, no offense to the west side, but the east side is like kind of where my heart is. Okay. <laughs> I kind of just kind of stayed over on that side of town for, for now. Awesome. Yeah. And your new, do, will you call it a studio? What do you call the balance yeah. effect? Like, a stu- what do you call it? Yeah, Office? I would say I would say like a studio space. Okay. Um, it's two rooms that I'm usually working in with clients. So it's not just one room like studio, but it's a studio space. And that's yeah. in Hyde Park? It is. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, great. So listeners, for more information, you, we'll give you a link to that. All right. So grew up in Cincinnati on the West Side. Mm -hmm. And then what got you into this? Wow. So um, I, you could say that I always wanted to help people. I actually, when I graduated from high school, I went into college with uh, an idea that I wanted to go into politics. I was like international relations, double major in political science and a minor in Mandarin. In Mandarin? Yeah. Well, I I wanted to apply a language to what I was doing, and I was just really drawn to Asian languages at the time. Okay. But uh, a little into that degree, I realized that politics was just not for me. Okay. Um, And I still really wanted to help uh, people. So 
in 2011, I was involved in a car accident. And uh, it what came of that car, uh, car accident was the realization that I had something called a Chiari type 1 malformation, okay. which is a brain disorder. And um, it was activated due to the car accident. And I was so lucky to be introduced to Dr. Tu, who is an incredible neurosurgeon and well-known in Cincinnati. Yes. And I worked with him. And he was the only physician who gave me holistic um, practices and suggestions for helping me with my symptoms. I was getting a lot of, you need surgery, let's just try surgery, you know? And at the time I was like, no, like this is, you want me to have brain surgery to see yeah. if this will fix the issue. No, like that doesn't sound, it doesn't, didn't sit well. And I worked with Dr. Tu and he was the only surgeon who gave me holistic things Care. that I could try. Yeah. And I was willing to put in the work. And when I did, all of my symptoms I would say 98% of my symptoms subsided, and it's a practice. You, you know, if I stop them, then my symptoms may come back, and there are other things that trigger it. But he opened my eyes to holism, and he opened my eyes to holistic. He, he says holistic, whole body, you know? Yeah. And I was so intrigued by that. So I changed my major at, uh, at UC to pre-med. Really? Yeah. And okay, wait, can I stop just really quickly? Yeah. So the brain dis disease disorder, what is it? What is it? Uh, it's called a Chiari type 1 malformation, and Chiari. it's basically where your cerebellum sits. It's that, that's at the base of your brain. Yeah. kind of protrudes out of my skull. My brain's essentially too big for my, my skull. <laughs> and oh my so gosh. it's uh, slightly protruding out of the bottom of my skull into my spinal canal, which is backing up some interstitial fluid, uh, which can cause an array of symptoms to occur. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you're born with it, actually. Um, really? But it was just activated due to After the car, the car accident. accident. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then tell me some of the holistic things that he... Suggested. Uh -huh. um, so he opened my eyes to how in some humans and a, a lot of human beings, meat is something that really can aid inflammation. And that was a big thing that I was dealing with at the time. Um, I became a vegetarian at the time because of him. Now I'm moving into veganism. Um, he suggested meditation. He suggested doing yoga. I got into yoga immediately because of his suggestion. Um, those were the three major things that like almost immediately I was like, my life is, and it was so much more different even with reduced symptoms. It was better than even before the accident, and it just blew my mind. Um, he suggested just looking into other holistic um, practices, massage therapy, uh, acupuncture. He gave me tools that I could use and search out to help me, and not only did he do that, but then he influenced me to realize a passion of mine that I, I didn't realize that I had. And, and to this day, I'm in touch with him. And, and, and he's just an incredible person. So I'm really thankful for that. Oh, it makes I me emotional. That. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's an incredible just... man. Obviously, he's a visionary. He's so, yeah, just many things. Him and his wife, they're beautiful people. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Okay, so that happens. Mm -hmm. You go into medical school. Mm -hmm. Pre-med. Pre -med, and you're like... Then what? So I started to, uh, towards 
I would say halfway through that program, I started to shadow physicians and I was looking into being a DO or osteopathic physician. Okay. Um, and I got pulled away from it because I realized a lot of the DOs that I shadowed, the basis what's really cool and what drew me into being a DO or looking into it was the fact that you could you start with a holistic approach and if need be you have the ability to prescribe medication. Okay. But what I saw was that people I feel personally that the physicians were just being overworked to such a degree that they got into the habit of just taking the easy route of prescribing medication. Mm -hmm. And I did not want to be that person. And so I looked into other types of functional medicine, and um, I didn't get introduced to body-mind medicine until later on. I found naturopathic medicine, uh, which is just a complete holistic approach. You don't have the ability to prescribe medications, but I liked that. I liked that if the patient was coming to see me, they knew this. So that wasn't something that I had to consider. Also, it expanded. It gave me more space to learn about holism because I knew that it worked because I had experienced right. it myself. So um, I decided that I didn't want to be a server for the rest of, for the duration of being in med school. So I took a break and went to massage school um, so that I could start helping people at that time. I got uh, licensed to be a massage therapist, and then I went back and. I then started to sh uh, look, search out naturopathic schools. I took a, a trip out west and went from San Diego, California to San Francisco visiting schools. And then I went to Oregon and um, Washington State. And I, I picked uh, the school in Oregon. And then uh, in 2017, uh, I realized there, there's quite a, a lot of transitions that started to happen um, okay. at the beginning of 2017, which kind of halted me going to naturopathic school. And I found body-mind medicine through Dr. Keith Holden. Okay. He's also an incredible physician. And I studied under him. I studied- Where is he? So he's, I went to a seminar of his in Chicago. I know he travels a lot. I know that he was- in Florida for a while and in the South, but I'm not sure where he's currently at. He might actually be more out West because he was getting more into the Heart uh, Mind Institute out in California. It's close to San Diego. They do a lot of clinical and scientific research on heart intelligence and how it's connected. Oh my gosh. I read about this recently. Yes. It's heart, amazing. It's, that's what I studied under, under him. A big part of it was that. And yeah. Okay. Can you remind me? There was something that just came out, maybe research a couple years ago okay. around the heart memory, or the heart doesn't get cancer, or something weird. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, I feel like there's so many things coming out about that all the time, but the heart is the the heart is not influenced by any of the other organs. The heart is the first thing that develops as a fetus, and it influences the production of the other organs. And that's why when, you know, you pass, so to speak, it's considered, you're not considered, you know, gone until the heart stops because the heart is like the center of our, our field of energy. Like it's been measured that our energetic field on like a quantum level yeah. is stemming from the heart. You can see it in an fMRI. Isn't that wild? Yes. You can see it. <laughs> yes. And you can see it's, its field of energy expand with certain other aspects of the body that we can we might get into later. You know? Yeah, let's actually get into that right now. Yeah. Because I think that's really interesting. Yeah. And that's probably some of the work that you're doing with people. Yeah. Let's yeah. get into some of the work that you're doing with people. So uh, if you're if you want to talk about like heart intelligence and how it's all connected to everything, um, as a practitioner right now, especially I'm very 
I'm working with a lot of let's do body work to give you immediate relief, but then let's see what what's causing this body work to be needed. Like, where are your stressors? Why are they coming? Because it's not all physical. Right. And so when you look at the heart intelligence, the heart intelligence has a has a has an energy field. You can see this. And when you're thinking a negative thought or you're feeling a negative emotion, whether you're consciously aware of that or not, you're influencing not only the heart but everything that encompasses your body because the heart is what helps create the rest of your body essentially and so when you have someone who's thinking chronically negative thoughts you've heard things depression anxiety things like this but physically you start to have physical symptoms of pains you can get chest pains it could be internal you can start getting rashes and what's really interesting is that depending on the type of thought or trauma or experience that you're feeling good or bad because because Good feelings and good thoughts can also physically influence the body uh, as well. In a positive way or negative way or both? Both, which is why it gets a little tricky after that. (laughs) It can get a little confusing. But um, let's stick to negative because that's kind of what, unfortunately, I see a lot of, the negative reaction. Um, If you're feeling... Not if you don't feel supported in your life, right? Uh, and you're thinking about this and feeling these things. What I see in the body is that you have tension around your chest. You have tension in your limbs. You might have nerve pain and tingling. You might get inflammation around your your limbs, your upper body. Uh, you might have chronic neck pain. Yeah. Uh, when you're not being supported, think about where your heart is, okay? And we're constantly curving our shoulders forward. If you think about that in a very simple way of where that where your heart is located, your heart is around love and support. When you're curving your body inward and you're not getting that yourself, you don't want to be open. You're closing your body. You feel tension because it doesn't feel like anatomical position. And that's all correlated to thought that's manifesting physically in the body, which then correlates to other physical ailments that occur. It's a domino effect. So I just want you to know that right now, I want you to like diagnose me and I know it's not my my personal time with you, but I have so many questions for myself, but we're not doing that today. We'll do that when I come into your office. (laughs) Okay. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Okay. So let's say that a lot of people have a lot of just Let's say this. A lot of people want control of everything. That's no, like what really? we're already grasping for. Right. I need more time. I need to do this. I need to I want everything. somebody to do this the way I want them to yes, do it. Exactly. I want to do everything needs to be perfect, right? We yeah. have this perfection drive because totally. otherwise it's not good enough and we think that we consider ourselves as failures, so to speak, you know, not being good enough. And that's a whole other thing. Um, but what I Which I, maybe we should stay on that failure topic since we all are about failing forward. So yeah, maybe we we'll totally stick to go that there. theme. Okay. Okay. Um, so, with in in regards to failure, yeah. then specifically, when you have GI tract issues, and that can manifest like in your thoracic spine, and so I can see the tightness on your ribs. Your breath will get shallow. You won't feel like you can have a deep breath. You won't feel a sense of self. You are disconnected from yourself, uh, so to speak, yeah. because you're searching for this thing that you can't get because you're trying to always grasp for it. The thing that you feel like you're failing at. <laughs> You know, and it's yeah. not any, and it's manifesting in the body physically, and that's how I can see it in the body. 
Um, and people weren't aware of that. Okay, so we're going to peel back the onion here. Yeah. So when you say you can see it in the body, explain that. So when someone is laying on the table and they're doing bodywork therapy with me, and, and at this point I've done it so many times that if someone is standing uh, and I don't know them, I can see their you know elevated hip and rotated pelvis and I can see their shoulder curved in and I see all these things kind of naturally. So then my mind immediately translates that to like, oh, that's what they're doing and this is why and this is the deeper level of what that is. And so it's okay. How did you learn that? A lot of time with people and reading and research and education. <laughs> okay, so it wasn't like an intuitive gift. It's something that you had to learn and I am study. Highly intuitive naturally, and my passion for this is natural. Yeah. So it's a combination of it. Uh, I do intuitively use that a lot of the time, um, but that would be more of a a quantum level explanation. I don't really know if you want to go there. I mean, I kind of do want to talk your intuitive, because you are an intuitive. I am. Which I think is amazing. Yeah. So I do want to talk about that a little bit. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, Well, do you have a specific question about that or just... So, so, okay. So you can read the body language. That's one thing, right? You can see... Physically. Well, let me explain you how I do that. Okay. Um, so it's not a conceptual thing. Yeah, it is to a degree because you can learn something over and over and over again and it would be stored in your subconscious. So you have it in long-term memory, right? Um, but I do it by feeling it. And so that's part of the intuition. Like you feel a gut feeling, so to speak. Uh, but it, I use it so much that it's become more of a tool. Okay. How do you know, so for listeners, because I, yeah. I think we all have some sort of intuition. Every single human being has intuition. Right? Right. Yes. It's like when you're walking down the street and you start to step out and you know, you intuitively know a car is coming, but you don't see it, hear it or whatever. And you take a step back immediately. Immediately. Right. Yep. I think we all have that. We all. But you have it a little bit different. Yes. So, okay. So when you, when you say you like can feel it in your, in your, did you say gut? Did I make that up? Uh, No, I, I did say gut. Yeah. Like what, describe that. Um, at the most basic level, it's an awareness of it's self-awareness and it's a vibration. It's just uh, like, for example, this is what I tell people because it's hard to grasp. I know. If you're unless you know it, right? Unless you experience it, right? And most of us don't. It's it's so science and medicine are now becoming aware of it, which is fantastic. But it, they say it's about fifteen percent of the population. Okay. Um. So I say, close your eyes. Okay. This is a little suggestion for... I'm going to do it right now. Yeah. Okay. You close your eyes. And I ask you this question. How do you know that your hands are there? I hold your hands out. And how do you know that your hands are there without looking at them, without moving them? How do you know that they're attached to your body? Well, I mean, I just feel them. What do you feel? How do you feel them? Oh. It's like a light pulsing, maybe. You feel the blood flow in them. Yeah, now I do. Now that you say that. Right? And so that's what I... Yeah, I just felt the pulsing. Okay. Yeah. You are unconsciously aware of that in your whole body. That's how you know when you're walking and that's how you know when you're functioning and picking up a pen and anything physically. So is that why when when you do meditation, Mm -hmm. when they guide you through the different body parts and you become aware of that? Okay. Yeah. I never knew that. Well, that's, that's a mindfulness practice. 
Yeah, scanning the body, doing a body scan, bringing your awareness to the present moment and bringing your awareness to your body internally because we're always out there. We're always looking outside of ourselves. Right, right. <laughs> so that's that practice of bringing your attention back to yourself. So okay. that's what I feel um, amplified, so to speak. And if have you always felt that? Um, now that I'm aware of it, yes. I did not know to the degree of how to use it. Uh, actually, Body My Medicine under Dr. Keith Holden, uh, he talks about, in the very beginning, non-local and local intuition. And so these are concepts that I highly recommend everyone look into because they will change your life. Okay, what's local then? So local is what your subconscious is. So your accumulation of every single experience that you've ever had in your life, colors of the room, the weather, everything, on top of the conscious memories that you have, okay? And your subconscious stores that. Okay. And we don't have access, so to speak, to, to most of that, right? I don't believe that, but that's a different thing. <laughs> that's a whole different thing. Okay. And then um, you you have non-local intuition, which is the intuition that tells you it's going to rain, even though you don't know it's going to rain. It's the intuition that you just mentioned where you're like, you take a step back because you know a car is going to come. Yeah. That's your non-local intuition. That intuition actually has been measured in the body and on an electromagnetic uh, graph and field that radiates above your head about six inches. Okay. And that non-local intuition can expand and shrink. It's been measured as well. Do with people who practice meditation, who practice mindfulness, who practice presence, who have high emotional emotional intelligent IQ, um, who can empathize with people. Um, essentially, non-local intuition is that connection to what you already know you are, what you've experienced, and what you can sense as a human being without needing to consciously be aware of it by knowledge. Okay. It's like this innate wisdom connection. Yes. And like, have you heard of Wim Hof? No. Okay, he's breaking all these medical records and scientific me uh, records with like m the mind and the body and how the mind controls the body. And how do you spell that name? W I M H O F. Wim Hof. Highly recommend looking into him. Okay. He's fascinating. I mentioned him to say this. He is proving that there is a connection between non-local and local intuition, as well as heart heart conscious, which is com a completely separate thing, okay. as well as your DNA mind, which is what you're created of as epigenetics, genetics, and then as well as your conscious thinking mind. So there's five types of consciousness that's kind of rotating in, in, in your body at all times and working at all times. So how can you develop the non-local? <laughs> Mindfulness. Okay. The first step is going to be mindfulness. Okay. The second step is going to be awareness, and that happens through mindfulness. It also happens through meditation. Okay. Have you heard of mindful meditation? So they're two different things. A lot of people think meditation and mindfulness are the same thing. They're not the no. same thing, so to speak. I don't know the difference. Meditation is when you're becoming still and present to become aware of your internal body, whether that's thought, feeling, or just sensations. That's mindfulness. That's meditation. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Say it again. So meditation Medi is... So when you're sitting in meditation, you, there's, there's several types of meditation, but the basic meditation is yeah. you're going to sit down so you, that you can observe your internal body, right? Yes. And That's when I do the body scan. Yeah. Okay. And so then you're bringing in mindful meditation, which is a subcategory of meditation. Does that make sense? Kind of. But what is the mind? Mindfulness on its own yeah. is the ability to practice being in the present moment now. Yes. That's not necessarily always meditation. And so I've been 
journaling and thinking about this whole mindfulness and being in the present. Yeah. Because it helps center me and then I'm not worried about what happened in the past yeah. or what's going to happen exactly. in the future. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So that's so then you bring in awareness. So mindful awareness, um, awareness through meditation. These things get interchanged quite often. Um, awareness is the ability to be aware of yourself or any external things going on. So internal and external awareness. Okay. Subjective reality, objective reality. Okay. Perspective. Yeah. Uh, meditation brings awareness. Meditation can bring mindful awareness. Okay. Mindful Does yoga do that too? Yes. Or just with meditation? With the breath. Yes. The, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm a very, I'm a huge advocate of yoga. I highly recommend that as well. A yoga in its essence is the ability to practice something that's uncomfortable while breathing through it presently. Mm. And so that's isn't that what life is about a lot of times, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's a good analogy for a lot of what you got to apply that to most aspects. I feel right. Every yeah. Okay, so let's go back to. I know there's a lot. I know I'm excited. Okay, so I don't think of myself as high intuition, but I definitely have high empathy. Mm -hmm. I definitely think of myself as an empath, Mm -hmm. and so when I am facilitating group work like I'll do facilitate team development or leadership development class I can tend to be pretty tired at the end of that um, because I'm trying to hold space space for everybody ensure that everybody is safe but also being heard Um, (laughs) and I know that there are probably a lot of empaths out there how do you manage that um, well, there are two things, key things that I can tell you what you just said is why you're being drained. But um, tell me. Okay. okay. Well, you said safe and being heard. Yes. So that's then what you're doing is you're using your energy to to help someone else protect themselves yeah. instead of holding that space for them and allowing them to not be, so to speak, unprotected and allowing them to be vulnerable and allowing that to be the environment that you create so that you're not using your personal energy for that. And then you can see the root of the cause of the problem and why you even feel the need to do that. And then you can remove that completely so that you don't have to even think about that being a problem. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. Whoa. So that's the, and that's another thing. So besides the body, I hear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think. Oh my God. Yeah. That's amazing. Do you think, I, and we're, we do not need to stay on this tangent because this is now about me, yeah. Devon. Okay. And I don't mean to make it about me. I'm not mad about it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for not being mad yeah. about it. Um, do you also think that safe and being heard is maybe something that I don't feel I'm getting yes. safety and being heard. And so I'm projecting that. Yes. Yeah. I don't know how much Damn, you, but girl, yeah. How yeah. did you like get that? Intuition. <laughs> it's a, um, it's literally a feeling from what, how you're saying it, how you're, it's almost like this very deep way of reading behavior. It's like, I have this, I have the knowledge and the practice 
and the awareness of being able to see how you're holding your body. I can tell what side of the brain you're using by your eyes. I can tell which side of the brain you're using by the way that your eyes, your pupils dilate and how they're, how, how one side of your brain is sitting more stagnant. It's an incredible awareness of the body that I, that I've developed. So what is it? You're, well, you go back and forth, but right now you're using your left brain because your, your, your right eye is more focused in. And what does that mean? That you're using your more of your critical thinking, logical side of your brain. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the the so how how do you help people unblock? Because I get a sense like that that whole safety and being heard yeah. piece is like monumental for me, right? Yeah. You just gave me that awareness. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of giving somebody awareness, but then they have to make that habit change, right? Because yeah. it's a habit. I can bring awareness to you all day long, but what do you do with it, right? Right. <laughs> 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 that's another thing you just brought awareness hey, for me baby yeah, that's okay thing yeah so what do you do well it depends on how much this person wants to do with it they can just say oh, okay thanks for bringing that to me at my attention and yeah. move on if someone wants to do something about it then you have to go into well this is stored in your subconscious because of an experience of you not feeling safe or you not feeling like you're being hurt or feeling like that space was held for you because as a child when you're born or as a baby you don't know anything about safety or anything like that you learn not to feel safe you learn not to feel certain things and so when you project other things like being safe or holding safety for other people it's because you know what it feels like especially as an empath what it feels like not to have that yeah and so then I go and say all right well what's your first memory of not feeling safe and and I I ask that people if they try this to tread carefully if they're not working with a professional right because it can get uh, a little it could get very overwhelming because you're going into inner child work at this point and yeah. a lot of people suppress their inner child and what I do is I bring the beauty into not judging yourself and so this is what, again where mindfulness comes in because I I like uh, individuals I work with specifically when we're going into not feeling safe um, to be able to watch what comes up but mm-hmm. not become it. So when we're emotional and we're anxious, we yeah. go, oh my God, I'm anxious about this and this. And then you just calm, you you end up in a whole different field than where you even started because the emotion took over. So in order to be able to watch the emotion, you have to have a certain level of in, uh, internal awareness, mindfulness, presence. And, oh, and then sit with that emotion. So then let's say you didn't feel safe because of some event that happened when you were three. Right. 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 Uh, I invite you to I then hold space for you as just someone to witness what you're feeling, because that's mostly what people need. They just need to feel like they're heard, not to be listened to and get a reply. They just need someone to hold space and let them feel what they feel without saying, you can't feel bad or you're making me feel uncomfortable for feeling bad. No, feel bad. That's okay. You're a human being. You're allowed to feel that. Mm. And once you feel it completely, what the beauty of that is that there's no more fear because you've already felt, you felt, you felt that feeling that was suppressed. So then it's like, oh, okay. Well, if I feel it completely, then I can feel it again and it won't be so intense. And eventually it'll remove itself from your subconscious because you consciously planted that awareness. So this is so interesting that you brought this up because I recently did this online course and it was all around my relationship with money. Yeah. And one of the things that they have you do is they ask you a number of questions and it goes back to your early childhood. So how did your parents model money? Um, It was the inner child kind of work, right? And then they have you meditate. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And through the meditation, I was telling a friend this the other day, I'm like, I learned some things that, frankly, I had forgotten about. Yeah. <laughs> the meditation and being open to it really unlocked it for me. Mm-hmm. Like, it was it was cuckoo crazy. Yeah. I was like, wow. It was it was pretty life-changing. Yeah. It's eye-opening. It's it's profound. What, so are you saying, like, once you once they asked you questions about money and like whatever the program was, they had you go into a meditation about asking yourself certain questions or? So the guided meditation, I can't remember exactly what, what, what she said in it, but it was, um, it was all around, okay, the blockages that I had around money or the beliefs that I had, Mm -hmm. how could I reframe those? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, think about how you can reframe that right yeah so it sounds like they're using neurogenesis yeah i have no idea what that means but that sounds cool (laughs) yeah yeah what is neurogenesis neurogenesis is the process of forming new brainwave patterns or neuron neuron patterns in the brain to uh either remove a certain behavior that no longer serves you or, or a belief um and create new ones that actually serve you for your purpose and make you happy and build joy in your so life. is that the same as neuroplasticity neuroplasticity is your ability to actually be able to do that neurogenesis is a process of it happening okay yeah. okay okay all right i, I mean, know we're throwing how, so many things how we even i don't even know where we went but, yeah okay so the intuitive side because i really totally dig that yeah um I wanted I wanted to touch on the fact that like you're a medium too, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, when you first figured out that you were a medium, this is going to sound really stupid, but did it scare you? Oh my gosh, yes, it did. Oh my gosh. Oh, I thought you were going to say no. Oh, oh, it was the most insane experience ever. <laughs> it was like it's the most beautiful now that I've like come through a lot of it. Yeah. But- uh, I had never had a paranormal experience in my life. And you probably didn't know anybody that did I in your family either. didn't even know if I believed in that kind of thing. I was just like, I mean, I don't know. I never looked into it. Was it something that I really cared about, right. honestly? Plus, you were so into science. Exactly. That's why it was so terrifying. Because I was like, this is not... All right, you have to tell the story. <laughs> So I don't know the story unless it was the story that I heard on your other podcast. Yeah, yeah. Long story short, I was working with a client who I'd worked with for a few years at that point. And uh, I had like very briefly noticed how I intentionally would do like a positive energy exchange with clients when I did bodywork sessions. And I was telling her about like, I noticed clients more perky. I just noticed an increased euphoric feeling. And she's like, let's try it. Like, I want to see, I want to see how it works. And so I was like, okay. All it was, was me placing my hands at the base of her uh, skull uh, while she was face up and just doing some light breathing and then bringing in an intention of positivity. And when I did that with her, Um, the electronics went out in the room and I began to have physical symptoms. So I started to choke. Like I felt like I had a bubble in my throat. Um, and then what happened was my eyes started to move back and forth really fast, like in REM sleep. And my body felt like it was vibrating very quickly. Like I was in the back of a semi and you're like on the highway going like 60 miles per hour. Yeah. And all of this was happening at the same time. And all of a sudden I felt like I was on waves and it was It was all happening at the same time. So at this point, I'm thinking I'm having like a seizure or something. And I'm describing to her what's so interesting is that my body was having these experiences and I was aware of it. And then I was also communicating to the client at the time very calmly like, 
okay, this is also happening. And she's, she's, she's. Can she see you? She, she can't because her, she's like okay. face up yeah, and yeah. I'm behind, like I'm at her head sitting yeah. down. Yeah. But then I said her name twice and I said, it feels like, it feels like waves. And before I said waves, she said waves. So she was experiencing these sensations no with me. And after that, uh, what came through was it, out of nowhere, it's. I said, someone's trying to talk to you. And that is not me. Like, that would have not consciously come out of my mind. I actually was very confused why that came out of my mouth. And then I started to describe to her the symptoms again. And then she said his name. And when she said his name, all the symptoms stopped. The lights and electricity came back on in the room. And my body got just like this this calmness came over my body and I started to cry like relief and I felt a lot of joy and I was like yeah like whoever that is is this is like who he, who it is and uh, I learned to find out that the guy who essentially came through in that session uh he passed away how I was mimicking like he, I mimicked how he passed away so he drowned having a seizure in a body of water and so the waves and the eyes moving back and forth and the body vibrating uh, was all signs of like how he passed it was what and then it happened 237 times what what do you mean 237 times so I had to make sure that like this was actually real and uh, I started to keep log of how many times it happened with people and not just myself because it happened way more just alone but I was like I need to I need this validated. <laughs> yeah. So after that, were you like, dude, I'm closing myself off to this? Or you were like, I'm going to open myself up to this? I didn't have an option, it felt like, at a time. Really? Yeah, it just kept happening. Like, I would just be around random people. And did it bum you out? Or no? It just kept blowing my mind. It helped that immediately I told my best friends and my mom. I was immediately like, this happened, so you right. need to let me know if I need to, like, you know do something else with my life and figure it out but uh they were like well that I mean it was with someone and they were validating it and then it, that was validated with people 237 more times before I said okay like I just need to learn about it and then do you go get <laughs> training somewhere for I know I'm asking like so oh I questions, love it but I... like do you go get trained so that you can hone in on it? What do you do? Well, um, in my situation, I worked with a spiritual teacher, Gene. Uh, uh, he was great. Uh, but it's different. It depends. It depends on what you want. I don't feel called to do that for a living. I think that it's really cool that I can do that. Um, yeah. I don't feel called to do it for a living, which is why I didn't go get training in it. Got it. Yeah. So I listened to a woman who was on Goop podcast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And she she had this woman come on who was a medium who I think is actually really famous. I don't know her name. Yeah. But she, um, she went to training around it and like yeah. yeah there's actually a medium school i looked into in cincinnati ohio really? blue ash yeah well and she also they they do double blind tests okay she was part of double blind tests. i'm not super familiar with that technique or tool it's, so it was so it's to validate the double blind is she, she can't tell if so, so I'm going to say this wrong, you guys, listeners. So whoever is a scientist out there, you know better than I am. But basically, um, I'm, I'm guessing she would give information 
Um, and there was no way that that information oh, yeah, could okay, be used yeah, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or she could have figured it out. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, she definitely. Okay, so you don't feel that calling. What do you feel called to do? I feel called to to bring conscious awareness to as many human beings as I can with the tools to help them through that process. Yeah. And so what does conscious awareness mean to you? So conscious awareness means kind of phonetically or what the definition stay on standard levels means. Um, just it's, it's a lot more than what that even means. So conceptually being consciously aware of your body, of, you know, empathetically emotions, of what you're thinking, your mind, of how your body is moving and feeling. I feel like bringing conscious awareness to as many human beings as they can means bringing awareness to your emotional, your mental, your physical, and your spiritual body, and how that all encompasses something that we call consciousness. Yeah, and presence is consciousness. And I've had those experiences, but that's a a different story. It's a different level. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So give some tips for our listeners. Sure. On, because, you know, our listeners are listening because they're either stuck, they've got a struggle that they're going through, they need hope, they need inspiration. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Well, um, the first thing that I would suggest with anyone that just wants to shift their life in a better way yeah, is to first become aware of yourself and your feelings that you're feeling and validate them. Because once you're aware of how you're really feeling, which can be scary, but it's a beautiful thing, if you allow yourself to look at yourself in the mirror and say, okay, yeah, I do feel depressed or I feel anxious or I don't feel like I'm going anywhere, I feel stuck, become aware that those are valid. And then don't judge yourself for it. Be, be gentle with yourself around that process. And then you can take the steps to seek tools. If you don't want to talk to anybody yet, journal. Journaling is a beautiful way to understand your emotions if you don't know how to connect with them. Uh, meditation, I highly recommend Everyone try meditation 60 seconds a day. You don't need to do any longer than 60 seconds a day. Start with that. Start with mindfulness practice. If you don't know what that is or how to start with it, just start with, let's say you're walking from your, your front door to your car. Try and be completely present with each step that you take and what your foot feels like against the ground. Feel your feet on the ground. Yeah, those are the three things I would say that I would definitely start with obviously exercise, eating right, you know, taking care of your body is important, but sometimes even getting the motivation to do that I know. is hard. Yeah. So tell yourself that, use affirmations. Affirmations is a great one. Yes. Um, take a little piece of paper, an index card, write in present tense, you know, I am whatever you're seeking. I am abundant. I am I am joyful. I I feel good. Write this. Even if you don't believe it, the more that your brain subconsciously gets those cues, neurogenesis, you're starting to use this again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You will build those patterns. After 21 days, you build a new a new neural nerve way pattern and pathway that literally makes you feel that you are it. And that will then induce action the more that you feel like it. So start with your thoughts. Start with almost 
teaching yourself how to think more positively by seeing it all the time. These things really work. You just have to be patient with yourself and actually apply it. Can I ask you one last question? Sure. Some people talk about manifesting things, right? And yeah. they're really good at manifesting. Mm-hmm. What's your take on manifesting? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a hard one. It's a hard to to sum up really quickly. I don't worry. We have time. I, I believe you. that you can manifest anything, and I feel that you have the ability to realize how you're doing it consciously if you allow yourself to grow in self awareness. Say it again. So I believe that you can manifest anything that you desire. Yes. I believe that you have the ability to do that and then know how it's happening and see it happening through self-awareness practices. Okay, so you can manifest yes. through self-awareness practices, through these things that you just mentioned. Through starting those things, yeah, Okay, absolutely. Among other things, the manifestation, take, there are different levels of it and there are different things. Law of attraction, if you've heard yeah, of that. Yeah. Uh, there's Which kind of, to me, I, I was like super into it at the time. Sure, yeah. But then I was like, it's kind of bullshit. Yes. So it that's a whole other thing. But looking at it from a quantum level, uh, each vibration, each particle has its has its mirror, has its, uh, its opposite, its same. And so when you have something that you're thinking about positively, then everything on that vibration has to come to you, right? That's like law of attraction. Yeah, yeah. However, if you're not acting upon it, and you're just like skipping these steps, and you're not dealing with trauma, and you're not dealing with the other things that are that are residing in your body, and your experiences, what you're going to do is hurt yourself in the end. Mm. Uh, so manifestation comes from using what law of attraction is, so to speak, but not using it entirely in the sense that mainstream society knows Knows it to be. Okay, so in closing, Devon, why don't you share, how do you recharge personally? Because you're giving, giving, giving Mm -hmm. so much. Uh, (laughs) Self-care. You have to become a self-care junkie in my field. Uh, How do you do that? So I do it in many ways. I use a lot of tools. So I use lots of like Palo Santo and grounding techniques. What's that mean? Palo Santo is a holy wood that comes from uh, originally South America. And it's been shown to just increase the frequency of an environment. And so I use a lot of that for clearing. Um, I use a lot of intention. I use a lot of grounding. So the Schumann uh, resonance, 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 uh, which is like the Earth's frequency measured. It's been measured that humans can't live without it. That's why in spacecrafts, they have to have magnetic fields that are encompassing oh. the Schumann resonance sense because we need that grounding energy so i use a lot of earthing and grounding techniques um it's like daily do you do that daily multiple times a day yeah i use tools i have i love crystals i think definitely one of those people meditation mindfulness uh wellness in general physical wellness like and i'm human and i'm learning as i go and i'm not perfect and no one will be perfect in this but it's about finding a balance that works for you uh that makes you feel that you're the most in alignment and i use different techniques like i look at my blood type then i look at like ayurveda which is the oldest medical practice in the world yeah yeah I look at, you know, different types of modalities. I look at neurogenesis and affirm- and all of these different things that bring you into that presence. So there are many tools that go in. Epsom salt baths are a must. <laughs> oh, my God. My cousin Bridget, she loves those. It's a thing. Yeah. yeah. I use oils, aromatherapy. I'm certified in aromatherapy. I use that all the time. 
Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you are a gift to us. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you so much I'm for so having me. So happy that I met you. Yeah, I am too. For more information on Devon, we will have that on our website. I want to thank everyone behind the scenes, especially Adrian Donica and the team at Gwyn Sound. Also, please find us on social media outlets at Fail Forward Pod. 